0: Today on Episode Eight of Track Pack Road Trip, we talked to one of the bigger libraries in the Northern Lights Library System. They have toads, and a chameleon, and a large selection of items that you can borrow from with your Track Library Card.
1: Good morning. Hello. How are you? Good. Thanks you for talking with us this morning. Yeah, no problem. I'm very excited to do it. I think this is such a lovely idea. Thanks. Can you tell us all about yourself and where you work? A little bit about the town you're in? Yeah, um, so my name is Alia Cron. I'm a Public Services Librarian at the Morinville Community Library. It's about half an hour north of Edmonton, kind of by St. Albert there. Um, it is, uh, we just, just hit 10,000 people in the last census this year, so we're not huge, but um, We have a nice size library and I'm trying to think what we would be famous for, not a ton, we're by the base so we have a lot of uh, military folks coming and going. Uh, We have a really, really lovely church actually right across the street from where the library is.
0: Mm -hmm. And you're about 281 kilometres from Coal Lake here and you're part of the Northern Lights Library system as well, right?
1: Yes, we are. We are with Northern Lights, and I believe that along with you guys, we may be one of the bigger libraries in Northern Lights system. So that's kind of cool. Yes, yes. Is <laughs> Track Pack popular at your library? Oh my goodness, yes. It's. I mean, we. That is sort of. I think many people actually, in some ways, think that it is our library. So we actually do get uh, questions about um, why are your hours wrong on your website? And uh, when we dig into it a little further, it's actually Trackpack's website <laughs> that mm-hmm. <our> hours <laughs> are wrong on. Yeah. So um, with, we with the pandemic recently introduced a -- I just put up a link to directly to our sort of Morinville Library specific version of Trackpack, and that has been our most popular link to date to check that out. What's been really popular lately coming in through interlibrary loan? Uh, I mean that's a better question actually for Pearl who is our interlibrary loan um, clerk. Mm -hmm. I would say honestly a lot of it tends to be pretty pretty normal for any library. So the newest The newest James Patterson, actually one big one that's been really popular lately is Ken Follett's newest novel, The Evening in the Morning. Mm -hmm. Um, And then our folks also tend to really love whatever the newest popular biography or memoir is. Mm -hmm. So a few years ago, or a year ago, maybe it was um, Michelle Obama's biography. Mm -hmm. Um, Stuff that The other stuff that tends to be really popular is our book club makes really, really good sort of general fiction selections, and we order in a whole ton of those from all the other libraries in track pack, and then we have them up on our um, display shelf, and those go really fast. We have a lot of patrons who would never join the book club, but absolutely love just seeing that selection and having that. Picked out for them, they know to trust the book club.
0: Yeah, Track is very helpful for bringing in a lot of copies for book clubs.
1: Yes, it's been lovely. So, I mean, this month's selection is Women Talking by Miriam Taves.
0: Mm-hmm. She oh, her is, new one.
1: Yes, she is incredible. So, if you haven't had a chance to check her out, I highly recommend her. She's um, black comedy, <laughs> I would say. And Canadian author, right? Yes, and actually uh, Mennonite background, which I share so oh. i personally like her a lot
0: uh-huh have you visited other libraries in northern lights
1: or within track uh so recently within northern Lights, i think the i want to is it vermilion or vagarville i'm the worst <laughs> i think it's vermilion yes uh they had hosted uh about a year back they had hosted a programming workshop so I got the lovely, like, full backroom tour. They do some very cool stuff there. Oh, nice. Um, Who else have I visited? Have you been to our headquarters in Elk Point? I actually have, yes. I have been there once for a meeting. Um, It was a two-hour drive from my home in Edmonton, and it's an absolutely gorgeous drive, so really, if you're considering going somewhere... I would go camping up there in a heartbeat. Mm-hmm. So if we can switch to books now, do you have an all-time favorite book character? Book character? I love Tiffany Aking from the We Free Men series by Terry Pratchett. I'm mm-hmm. a huge Terry Pratchett nerd, but Tiffany Aking was really kind of the first that I felt like was, was me in a book. Oh. uh-huh.
0: And were there any movies or TV shows that you've seen that you think are
1: better than the book? (laughs) Shrek. (laughs) (laughs) I had no idea really that it was a book before it was a movie and I read it, I don't know, I was probably slightly older than the target audience for that book when I read it, but I read it and just thought, well, this is nothing like the movie. This is no fun. I didn't know it was a book either. Yeah, it's like a longer picture book, like I suspect a lot of libraries would have it shelved in the juvenile section rather than the, the picture book section, but it's, um, I mean, it's got some fun illustrations and, you know, it does have the sort of wacky, um, that sort of backwards opposite day energy where everything gross is great, but Shrek as a whole did a lot with sort of the poking fun at Disney and poking fun at that fairy tale mentality that really wasn't in the book at all. Is Donkey in the book? I don't think so. Oh. oh. I cannot remember off the top of my head. I remember um Fiona, who I don't even think was necessarily named in mm-hmm. the book. Fiona, the picture of Fiona, was nothing like how they depicted her in the movie, she just looked kind of pointy and weird. Hmm. Honestly, okay. I, I think the biggest um, biggest agreement I have with that statement is that I remember very little about that book and I can quote you stuff from Shrek. <laughs> <laughs>
0: has there ever been a book, speaking of Halloween coming up and we're in the fall, has there ever been a book that
1: has scared you or given you nightmares? given me nightmares (laughs) yes um not actually officially a horror book but they definitely i think were the seeds of getting me into horror i do read some horror i read a lot of supernatural horror not so much about the serial killers but um the deltora quest novels by emily rada are just basically one long creature horror after another and mm-hmm. the one that really got me was the owls as a child, which mm-hmm. are these shape-shifting creatures that can look like anything. And so, of course, you know, you get a doppelganger of your best friend and then it suddenly shape-shifts into this big white monster. Uh huh. So that gave me, I, I remember being older than I thought I should be to be sleeping in my parents'
0: bedroom.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I like being scared with a book. Yes. I like that, yeah. I Yes, I love it, and I actually, I went back to the Del Toro Quest books quite recently, and they really do hold up for sheer horrifying creatures. I believe the author's from Australia, so that might have something to do with it.
0: Mm-hmm. Have you
1: ever joined a book club? Uh, once, very mm-hmm. briefly. I think I went for one meeting Mm -hmm. and of course I either I hadn't read the book or I hadn't finished the book I can't remember um so I didn't go back um I am currently in a quote book club with myself and one friend Mm -hmm. (laughs) we meet on discord (laughs) Mm -hmm. and we listen to a Georgette Heyer novel over audacity which we pause about every 30 seconds to make fun of the characters
0: oh you listen to it together
1: Yes, uh, we listen to it at the same time so that we don't have to um, sort of coordinate reading chapters. Oh, that's
0: a good
1: idea. Yeah, it's been a lot of fun. And I mean, really, for us, it's an excuse to hang out just as much as anything else. But it's also nice to be able to talk about these things in real time. Mm
0: -hmm. Um, Yesterday afternoon, I was in um, a cafe where they have a, you can take a book and leave a book. Oh, fun. I got um, one I've been looking for a while. It's one I read as a teenager, Dean
1: Kuntz, Midnight. Oh, I have never favorite. read anything by Dean Koontz. Would you recommend him?
0: Yes, if you like horror. So I, I read all Stephen King and then I got into him, but I've been looking for that book forever, so I finally got it. So I was going to ask you what the last book you bought was.
1: Oh boy, the last book I bought. <laughs> I tend to go really hard into Libby, to be honest. I read a lot off of Um, So actually my home library is EPL, but I just use the same app that everybody else does. I use Libby. Mm -hmm. Um, So, boy, I think the last book I bought is still, when I gave you these podcast answers, same thing. Mm -hmm. Um, It is called A Wizard's Guide to Defensive Baking by Ursula Vernon slash, I believe it was Ursula Vernon, the name she published it under. She also writes under T. Kingfisher. Did you get to read it yet? Yes, I loved it. It's a lot of fun.
0: Is is there a baking in
1: it? Oh, yes. Oh, yes, it is. um, So the world it's set in, um, she's written a couple of other ones set in this general world. And the, the basic premise is that some people are born with magical talents, but it's sort of completely random as to what you were born with. And so some people might be born very rarely with the ability to say, throw a fireball. Um, But there are just as many people, uh, the main character of another book in this world, Uh, her only magical talent is that if there is magic around, she smells Rosemary.
0: Nice.
1: And so a lot of them are completely useless. The protagonist of wizard's guide to defensive baking is her talent is she can manipulate baking. So anything oh. from um, making it slightly less burned to um, making it a little airier to bringing to life an entire gingerbread man. Oh, I'm definitely going to add that to my to be read list. <laughs> They're a lot of fun. I really love her. And she's um, honestly, she's a great break when you're feeling a little, um, a little down, uh-huh. except for her newest, horror novels mm-hmm. uh which are less of a good break do you yourself listen to a lot of podcasts i listen to a few um probably again as sort of a break i listened to my brother my brother and me mm-hmm. uh, i got really into the same guys do a dungeons of dragons podcast called the adventure zone i listened to kind of the first arc of that mm-hmm. um and then currently I'm super super into uh, there's a group called Loading Ready Run out of Victoria that does one called Corpline. Mm-hmm. And um, what is that about? It's like if you've ever listened to I guess I listened to Welcome to Nightvale back in the day as well. Mm-hmm. And it's like a cross between corner gas and welcome to Nightvale. Oh. So just the, inha- the inhabitants of this town are just mostly just stupid beyond belief. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, the only sensible characters run the, uh, the radio broadcasting uh, station.
0: Uh-huh.
1: And their attempts to get any kind of coherent information out of the people in their town are the basis of the podcast. Oh, nice.
0: <clears throat> Have you read the um,
1: novels that came out after about Nightville? Welcome to Nathan. I got, I actually didn't read the first one mm-hmm. and I got partway through It Devours and actually funny enough, it was the fact that Cecil was reading it that turned me off. I was read I was listening to Adana audiobook mm-hmm. and the way he read and the way the book was written just did not mesh for me. Mm-hmm. He has an absolutely beautiful voice, but it just something didn't work.
0: So I was reading that you have a long commute to work, about half-hour drive. Yeah.
1: And you must listen to a lot of things on your drive, do you? Yeah, I tend to have kind of a designated audiobook. Uh-huh. I still need to get one of those radio broadcaster things because right now I tuck my phone into my bra. <laughs> <laughs> um, but. Yeah, so it tends to be, I've been big into Agatha Christie for audiobooks lately just because she's keeps me interested without being too, too having to make me think too, too hard in terms of what's going on. Mm-hmm. I, I always trust her to kind of answer all my questions at the end. Mm-hmm.
0: The one thing Coal Lake and Morinville Library have in common is we have a lot of
1: fish in the library. Can you tell us about your fish? Yes, his name is Bubbles. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> I was sad because he—we uh, actually had a contest, a naming contest, and I had—he's a—he's a red beta fish, mm-hmm. and I had had my heart set on Zuko. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, uh, but the winner was Bubbles. So Bubbles, he is. And he is very well loved by our uh, kids that come in. Uh huh. Yeah. It's funny. Uh, we actually we also have three toads and a chameleon, and I would say that Bubbles rivals the chameleon for the amount of interest he gets from, especially the younger kids. Really? I think they love watching him, um, watching him swim. Uh huh. And I think it's more visually interesting for them.
0: What are
1: the toads and the chameleons' names? Ah, uh, boy. So, unfortunately, we lost a couple toads. Uh, oh, okay. They apparently tend to be um, very social. So, when one of them goes or when they have sort of fewer companions, I think they do worse. Oh. And during this pandemic, apparently, a side effect of the pandemic is that everybody has wanted toads. So, we have not been able to replace the ones that we wanted. Oh, okay. So the one I know we have is Jabba, Mm -hmm. (laughs) Uh, they all have Star Wars names and I think, I believe that Yoda, rest in peace, has now passed away. Mm -hmm. Um, I believe we still have Leia Mm -hmm. and I cannot remember if the other one is Han Solo or Chewie. Mm -hmm. And our chameleon's name is Thor. Can you actually see him change color? Yes, he is a panther chameleon and actually so our previous chameleon was named Loki and he was a veiled chameleon. And veiled chameleons are out of uh, Yemen, I believe. So that sort of um, Middle Eastern peninsula there, Mm -hmm. drier, more deserty. And um, he didn't really change color all that much. You could sort of see him change from green to a different green. Uh, Thor will change from sort of a dark almost maroon to bright reds, blues, and greens. (sighs) And he has a couple kind of modes that you can see. I find I think my theory is that when he's excited when his heart rate is up that's when he turns red. Because you'll see it either when he's out of his cage and playing or if he's hunting. (sighs) And he is a panther chameleon, which are out of Madagascar in the jungle. So probably a few more resources to get really, really interesting than out in the desert.
0: That's fascinating. Can you tell everyone about your earliest library memory?
1: Oh, boy. Um, My earliest one is actually not necessarily of the library itself like you know how smell is supposed to bypass all your other memories and senses mm-hmm. it's actually the smell of like the carpet glue in the <sighs> elevator that went down to the Southgate Library in Edmonton
0: uh-huh.
1: and uh, the mall is still there the um, library no longer is it has since moved to White Crossing but that was my home library where I grew up uh-huh. I think it's a dollarama down there now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, I love
0: listening to people's earliest memories of
1: libraries. Mm. Yeah. yeah. No, I have a couple of memories of being in the actual library itself, but it was definitely the, the smell of the carpet glue was library excitement. <laughs>
0: mm-hmm.
1: And even still going down to that dollarama years later, I would feel excited riding in that elevator. Mm-hmm.
0: I was reading about you guys. we have in Coal Lake, we had um, before the pandemic, um, a pretty successful manga and anime group that had been going on that attracted older teens and mm-hmm. some adults. And I was reading that you guys had, were starting that and you um, now have a
1: designation in your library for manga? Yes. Well, we, so we have had the club going on for a while. Um, it's... Amy is one of our library assistants, and she's definitely like the brains of the passion behind it. Um, she is beloved by one and all, especially in, it, in the Animanga Club. And we sort of figured out a lot of the stuff we were buying, especially was for anime screenings and stuff. And we were getting this weird sort of disconnect. So we started separating them out. I don't know if we'll continue like that, how we'll do it. But it has been kind of interesting to see exactly how much of our stuff is anime right now.
0: We find a lot of our, all of,
1: we have a wall of manga
0: that was donated by um, people oh, that, that's were really coming, cool. that were coming to the group. And then anime, we have it mixed with our movies. Yeah, But
1: uh, we find that both
0: of those go out a lot on interlibrary loan.
1: Yes, we've been finding that too. It tends to be a lot of interlibrary loan, and we actually, when we purchase particularly anime, manga, not so much, because I think libraries have a different idea perhaps of um, that they should be purchasing this. But I do find a lot of our anime, we will actually look in the system and nobody will have it, and that's when we buy it. Yeah, exactly.
0: I also like to contact um... I know a few people who own or run comic stores, and I like to ask them what's what's being bought a lot for that genre at your li- at your bookstore, and then buy it for the library. Oh
1: boy, yes, yeah. we have. Um, there used to be Happy Harbor Comics, I believe they're Wonder Harbor now, mm-hmm. and I really, really need to sit down with uh, probably Jay Bardla, who is the um, he used to be the owner, and now he's actually the brains behind Drawn to Books, which is. Mm-hmm. They're a nonprofit that helps out libraries and schools kind of get kids who wouldn't necessarily be attracted by traditional reading into comics and graphic novels. Mm-hmm. Um, and they will actually give you a whole big list. And we actually do have comics at the library, which I have been. Um, we did a whole big rearrange during COVID, so. My plan now is to see what's actually gone out since then before going to Jay and asking him to replace some of our comic lines that maybe haven't gone out as much as we wanted them to. Yeah, Jay
0: is great. He came to our library a few times to do programs on, he'd bring in um, people who draw for the industry. Oh, cool. Yeah. That was was great. And I met him at conferences and stuff. He always had good suggestions. Yes. He just seems like such a cool guy. (laughs) Um, I was reading that a book that you would recommend to me and the listeners is one called grass.
1: Oh, grass. Yes. Sorry. That's the part I I heard brash. Oh, sorry. Uh, Yeah. So grass by Sherry S. Tepper. Um, We have a patron who has very similar tastes in literature to me. So, um, and usually gets kind of the latest and greatest in fantasy and so oh but once every month or two she'll come by my desk and just sort of smack Mm -hmm. a book down onto it that she's um that she's just finished with herself and says read it Mm -hmm. and she's always right (laughs) so um I got talking to her and um she said that she had read she owns the entire sort of back catalog of Robin McKinley who mm-hmm. I also own the entire back catalog of. She's a slightly more obscure fantasy author. Her biggest, most well-known work was probably The Blue Sword slash The Hero in the Crown. Mm-hmm. Um, and so this patron had recommended me Grass by Sherry S. Tepper as sort of a, um, a similar line to Robin McKinley. So it's got... Plague, uh, class rifts, eco-horror. It's a very 2020 mood for something that was published in 1989. So there are some spoilers that I won't go into, but um, it starts out with kind of a mystery as to why the upper class on this uh, sci-fi planet absolutely refuses to help out with plague research. Mm -hmm. That... There is a plague that is um, absolutely ravaging the known universe. And this one planet, grass, is completely free of it. Mm -hmm. Uh, But the upper class absolutely refuses to help research. And the entire point of the book is figuring out why.
0: Hmm. Yeah, when you were describing it, I thought, I want to read that one too.
1: It's very cool. I highly recommend it. It's, my um, I believe that it got close to winning the Hugo when it came out, which mm-hmm. was at the time unusual for a woman author. My, my last two questions, um,
0: have you had any memorable reader's advisory or reference questions
1: <laughs> that really stand out to you? Yes. Um, I had a young woman, a little girl, she was like small for her age. So she was probably nine or 10, but she kind of barely came up past the, uh, the reference desk. And she asked me, how do you get a ghost out of you? <laughs> and so she was looking for haunted Canada books or scary books. She very specifically wanted sort of true stuff. Mm-hmm. And she told me the reason was one of our friends had gotten her a Ouija board. Mm-hmm. So this was clearly a question that was occupying all of their minds was how would we get a ghost out of us uh-huh. if this went south? <laughs> Uh-huh. so she was as so she asks about like oh i've heard for witches if you get a witch into you and i'm like yeah, uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if you get a witch in you uh you can use salt or you can chant and um i didn't really want to get into the whys and wherefores of um whether or not the supernatural exists with this nine-year-old girl <laughs> So I said the best way to get a ghost out of you is to figure out what makes you feel the most like you. So maybe it's painting or dancing or singing. Anyway, you figure out what makes you feel the most like you and then you do that as hard as you can until you no longer feel like you (laughs) have a ghost in you. Uh, did you ever see her after that yes she comes in uh less she's a fairly regular patron and she's actually um she's always an interesting uh reader's advisory because she's interested in everything so um another one I remember from her was she came in and asked about um if we had any books on CSIS the Canadian spy agency Mm -hmm. as a matter of fact we don't um hard I don't think really anybody in track does, Mm -hmm. I believe that you would have to go to the academic libraries to find anything interesting. Mm
0: -hmm. Hmm.
1: So I mean, we did a little mini research session and um, I taught her how to find out some stuff that was maybe a little more reliable on the internet, but Mm -hmm. yeah, she's always a fun one because she's got very interesting interests. Yes.
0: My last question is, do you have a favorite snack or drink
1: you have when you're reading? I drink a frankly inadvisable amount of coffee. (laughs) (laughs) So that's usually what I'm drinking at more or less all times. Yeah. Well, thank you for talking with us this morning. Well, thank you very much for putting this together. This is such a cool idea and I'm very excited to listen to the backlog as well. Okay, well, you have a good day. All right, you as well. Thank you so much. Okay, bye. Bye.